Let's get it. What's good with the world? What's good with everybody out there in the internet land? This is the Chop Up Show. I am Damo, the political plug. I'm here with Toya G. You live your life in HD. You and know. this is the Chop Up. We appreciate y'all for joining us on another Thursday. You know, it's a billion places y'all could be, but y'all here with us. And it's a special day. Yeah. Because we are here to celebrate uh, the, the end, the culmination. I don't want to say yeah. the end. I'll say the culmination of black history month with our black history month awards so Indeed. shout out to everybody shout out to all y'all toya how are you doing i'm well as well you know what i'm saying uh living blackity black if y'all don't know that's what the shirt say just in case y'all curious let me make sure we get the thumbnail together right. blackity black in the building definitely glad to be here celebrating black history month with y'all and the whole vibe and situation is beautiful we about to really get into some of these categories and our choices that we went with hopefully y'all are able to contribute something to the conversation shout out to nico in the chat what's good with it um but we really we're about to have a good time i'm feeling good i'm feeling good so without further ado we might as well go ahead and get right into it this is the chop up show fourth annual black history month awards the is carter g woodson black history month awards now the reason why we do this just just so y'all know mm-hmm. uh the fourth time we did we've done it but the reason why we do it is because what carter g woodson wanted with uh with negro history week mm-hmm. it wasn't to be like this is the day we celebrate the history you know what i'm saying it was more so this is a day that we take the time or this is a week that we take the time out to point out like to recognize you know what I'm saying what black people are doing and what black people have done, Absolutely. right? So this isn't a oh, this is the day where we celebrate black history. We missed you too, Nico. This is the day that we take the time out to speak on, to point out, to identify as we do all year, but for sure today, celebrate the great things that black folks have done. That's both Absolutely. past and present. Both past and present. Um, yeah. last year we got to do this at the uh at the NAACP Image Awards down in Hollywood this year, Lee is actually nominated for a NAACP Image Award. So yeah, you know that's how things that's how things level up, it's right? Beautiful. So with that being said, without further ado, we can go ahead and get right into the conversation. We are going to start the fourth annual Black History Month Awards, Carter G. Woodson Black History Month Awards, with the first award that we handing out, the Lost in the Sauce Award. Yes, we got to start this show. Um, by pointing out and identifying a certain an, an individual who we feel uh, best displays being lost in that sauce. As we get into that, Toya, what does being lost in the sauce mean to you? I mean, I think if consciously we're here, he would talk about the ways in which you might exist in a particular way or in a particular space or have a particular level of power that has been misused, has been abused, has been misunderstood. And so it's led you to, you know, while you could be out here just just really knocking it out of the park and living beautiful and doing great things and touching lives and, right. you know, living in your full capacity, you right. want some nonsense. And instead of doing that, it's some you got some weird shit going on, you know, and I think we've had we four and a half minutes in. So 
I'm gonna just say like you 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 step in in the wrong direction, and so I think being lost in the sauce is just a reflection of a series of of misguided, misled decision making, which I think this person definitely fits that bill. I think that a great explanation to you, uh, and the winner unanimously for <laughs> the uh, fourth annual Black History uh, Chop Up Show, Carter G. Wilson Black History Month Awards. Yeah, lost in the sauce, Akon. We're giving it to Akon this year, y'all. Uh, mainly for uh, some statements that he's been making recently that's kind of pointing out more so what he think about black people uh, and, and women um, uniquely. Uh, it was a statement that, that he made about... Well, the, uh, before you even get into the statement he made, I just, you know, I feel like Akon is lost in the sauce and he's the epitome of this definition because if y'all remember, nobody wants to see us together, but it don't matter. You just real cool little stuff. Smack that. Oh, smack that. Oh, like, just my, I think my college yeah. era, my high school college era was painted by some Akon bangers. And so, you know, knowing Akon, we got to be clear about what he did. He's taking a lot of his resources back to um, the country that he's from. And I'm not really, I don't remember the uh, Akon's work, origin country, country of origin, but has taken a lot of things, has done a lot of work, has built a lot of infrastructure and done beautiful things for the people in the continent of Africa. And that's fine. But then he he started being on some weird shit. And I just wanted to be clear about the fact that he was doing all right and then he deviated. And so, Plug, what were you saying? What were you about to explain about when, when Akon got kind of weird on us a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really been more so recently. It's really been more so recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he made some comments about, one, the difference between African artists and Black artists, right? Creating yeah. that distinction. I think, like, we, we all know diaspora wars help no one. You feel me? And like we like black people specifically, like I'm a student of Malcolm X. He said himself, you can't hate the roots of the tree and not hate the tree. You yeah. can't have a negative perception of Africa and not have a negative perception of yourself. I think the same thing works both ways, though. Like people of that people of the continent, if they have a negative perception of black people in America, mm-hmm. that is a that is a it's another part of that. That's, that, that's also a reflection of self-hatred because she we 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 come from you. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. Uh, so with like Akon taking part in diaspora wars, especially like on Vlad TV of all places, and I, uh, Nico said he's Senegalese, which I I, I figured I, I was gonna say that I, I but I want I want to make sure. Shout out um, to Nico. But yeah, so like for him for Akon to be engaging in di- diaspora wars when you've come to the United States and really built your career off uh like black music. I mean, yeah, you did your thing with uh, he, he had a relationship, he had relationships with a uh, lady guy you know, and all that. But, but but come on, niggas made him. Go ahead. I mean, that on top of the fact that I think he did the weird thing where you tear down in order to uplift. Like he was talking about the comparison between uh, American hip hop and like Afrobeat, right? And how a lot of that music and a lot of the moves is being made on them in, in in terms of uh, these different African African artists are just so much better qualitative and have such a bigger impact and just have a better long-term trajectory and a better richness. And it's just like, again, why do you have to undermine and shit on things in order to celebrate and appreciate other things, right? We have a, a beautiful, I think more now than ever before, such a wide lane, right? right? For different artists to get they shine, to do that thing, to, to push a movement, to get people listening to their music and to get it appreciated. You can run it up on TikTok. You can run it up in terms of streams. You can run it up in terms of mainstream music. And that's what artists like, you know, Burner Boy have done and, 
uh, various other artists that he, you know, he, he's familiar with or that he is, is ushered in on the scene. But you don't have to talk bad about American hip hop because that's your bread and butter when it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Astro. Good evening. Right. And, and so uh, uh, another way that he kind of another comparison he made when he was talking to uh, Vlad TV, he said uh, in Senegal, we've kind of overcome the thought of slavery. We don't even think about it. The only time we think about it, honestly, is when we're doing tours at Gory Island. Outside of that, people have lived and moved way beyond the slavery concept. Now, mm-hmm. what's problematic with this way of thinking is that if, if when you're in Africa, right, mm-hmm. and all you see is African people, and you see African people in control of everything, and African people exchanging goods with other African people, then it's easy to forget about slavery, yeah. right? Because like your entire society isn't situated around it. What people ignore about the United States, American culture as a whole, is built on chattel slavery, anti-blackness, and the degradation of black people. It's built mm-hmm. on it. Whiteness don't exist without it. The, the way that we understand racism globally was created within the relationship between black people in the United States and white people. So it's like, nah, like how like it's 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 ridiculous to even think that black people who, who live under certain circumstances that we see perpetuated by a particular class of people like to say that oh like we should forget about it when we see the results of it today oh i don't know if i'm frozen or if toya frozen is that you or me toya Okay, it's you. Uh, you was kind of. It's a, it's a delay now. It's a delay now. All right, but am I am I good now? You good, but it's a hell of a delay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so, so, just, so just go out, just go out and come back in. Yeah, just go out and come back in. Yeah. So so as uh as Toya do that, uh so. What we have to understand, Akon lost in the Sauce Award for the fourth annual Black History Month Awards for the simple fact that somebody who has built their legacy and a part of who they are on uh, Black culture and Black people uh, to attempt to uh, then kind of use uh, like the, the same uh, culture and platform to perpetuate diaspora wars. Yeah, you get the lost in the Sauce Award. Uh, anything, anything you want to add to that before we move on to you? Listen, I just want to shout out Winter Dragon, Numo Suspect, uh, Numo Spec Media, uh, and Nico for still rocking with us. Thank y'all for y'all patience. I'm back in the building, but that was the Lost in the Sauce Award. Shout out or not shout out, depending on how you want to read it. To <laughs> um, what's the next topic? What's the next category, brother? All right, so the, la- the next category that we're getting into is the uh, Memorial Maya Angelou Woman, Black Woman of the Year Award. The Black Woman of the Year Award. Okay, so we... There are going to be some topics, you know, the debater in us and, and the, the stubborn person in us can't really agree on some of these topics. So I definitely want to get y'all's take in the comments. Make sure y'all chiming in and talking. If y'all disagree, if y'all have better candidates to kind of throw into the pool or nominees, rather, let us know. Uh, shout out to Trevor in the building. Um, but the, the woman of the year, the Maya Angelou woman of the year award, from my perspective, should go to none other than uh, Quinta Brunson. Right. We know Quinta has had an amazing run on uh, Abbott Elementary. We know that Quinta came. I was familiar with Quinta even before. Ooh, he got money or you got money. 
I was watching a lot of her material, a lot of the articles she was writing, a lot of the different posts she was making on BuzzFeed, right? And there was, you know, we, a mass exodus from BuzzFeed because there was issues with the work culture, with the pay, with the amount of content they had to crank out at their height, which is probably in the mid-2010s, right? But since then, she didn't have successful miniseries, uh, been, you know, a successful kind of memer of that generation, of that society, somebody to really take Instagram, adapt to TikTok, move through different spaces. And now one of the hit shows in the country, you know, with Abbott Elementary. And I don't want to just, you know, focus only on those accolades, but also to remind you all that, you know, she is making investments in Philadelphia area schools. Uh, On a few different occasions, she has been seen and marked as given, uh, I think, $20,000 and $40,000 to two different teachers at a particular school that then they were able to take some of, but also use to put back in their classrooms. I think also across Philadelphia schools, different supplies and resources have been made generally available uh, to students to kind of, I'm sorry, to teachers and faculty and to different schools to fill some of the gaps and holes in their resources. And then um, I also think she funded a couple book fairs. So Abbott Elementary or Quintus to partnered up with, uh, y'all remember the book fairs by Scholastic? Um, shout out to Scholastic. They've been running the game for a long right. time in children's literature. A whole monopoly struggle. on it. Look, I know they struggle, though, because everything they crank out been put on the banned book list, but we're not going to talk about that. Instead, <laughs> um, you know, she has been a part of uh, supporting a lot of different book fairs and giving kids access to free books. And so love Quinta, love everything she represents. Show's been renewed, I think, for a third season um, stylistically. I'm not an office girl, but I get it. We love Tyler James. We love the look off to the camera and the, the moments where they begin. <laughs> you know, uh, Shirley Ralph is also somebody who, you know, has been great in carrying the show. It's just so many great and phenomenal actors um, that are really pushing. And so my vote is for Quinta. Now, the plug done left. The plug done left, but, and he's back. And he's back. And so he's about to share with y'all his nominee right now that we know that Quinta's off. Uh, plug for my Angela Woman of the Year. Who are you nominating? Who who are you to? I, I gotta go with Letitia James, man. Who is Letitia, Letitia James? Man? Letitia James is the Attorney General of the State of New York. Uh, and the reason why I think she deserves all the recognition mm-hmm. is uh, uh, the reason why I believe she deserves all the recognition is because in a let's let's I, I gotta lay out the narrative, right? I gotta paint the picture, right. The last presidency, we we dealing with a rebound president, right? The last presidency was some was wild. It was ridiculous. Absolutely. We saw somebody like Donald Trump get up there and say, I could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and get away with it because I'm cool like that. And people ate that up. Like they like, yeah, we yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like they stood on that, right? So it was like all throughout the Trump presidency, because of the people that were situated around him, it seemed like it was a lack of accountability, right? Situated around Donald Trump. It was like no matter what he did outside the forget outside of normal political correctness, no matter what he did, just outside of the the, the, the realm of decency. Yeah. You feel me? He, it was like he could get away with it. It was like it he wasn't was, no touching. He could slide his ass around everything for sure. And so now, now he ain't president. He don't got that, like he's no longer, you know, all the Republicans can't benefit from him. So all, all those protections that he had, he ain't under that no more. Mm-hmm. And the first person to put their foot on his neck or more so up his ass <laughs> has been attorney general of the state of New York, Letitia James. Like yeah. ever since, like he been ever, like really ever since he lost, he is like she has taken the full weight of the state of New York 
and put it on his neck in terms of the Trump organization and valuing properties. They, they're literally being sued for hundreds of millions of dollars. Can I ask you know a question for the political plug? Are the are yes, proceedings like these ones that, like, what do we know about them or their development? Are they ones that we kind of find out more so on the back end? Um, and so we don't really know what stages they're in. And we like, what, what do we know about the cases and the trials and things like that that have been happening with Trump? So as it's going now, like we we get the updates as it's happening, right? So like right. right now, she's won a few of the more recent battles. Uh, so like in order to like slow the process, what Donald Trump does is he he does a, a bunch of frivolous lawsuits. Like he mm. sues right now. He he well he attempted to sue to block him being sued. Okay. And okay. as of uh, as of last <laughs> month, the old answer uh, answer question answer a question with a question, huh? <laughs> uh, well i mean it's uh, essentially it, it's like as it's, as it take place like ev every update we right there like we have the information for it right yeah. and like right like the the most recent uh news to come out is he he was being sued by uh a politician james back in september 250 million right for lying to lenders insurers and all of that fraudulent uh, uh fraudulent um evaluations on their properties okay he he attempted to sue her saying that the only reason she was being that she was suing him was not because what he was doing was fraudulent, but because she a Democrat. Because she a Democrat. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the judge, like it, it was supposed to, they, they thought it was gonna be a real battle, but the judge came back and was like, nah, it's not what it is. This mm -hmm. is moving forward, right? You and she already got people flipping. Right, we already have you know people who are testifying on, uh, against the Trump organization, who are part Absolutely. of the Trump organization. Uh, there has been uh, depositions that have been released where Donald Trump has has came out and just straight up said, um, "I plead the fifth hundreds of times, hundreds of times, in, in in depositions." Now to be now, this is civil. This isn't this isn't um, this isn't a criminal trial. It's a civil trial, uh, but it, it's 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 liable to break the Donald Trump bank, like to where, you know, he, like all his access to bread, all his access to, uh, uh, all his access to, 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 to uh, what loans, mortgages, all of those type of things. Yeah. It's going to be done. Donald Trump ain't going to be able to borrow $5 in the state of New York after Letitia <laughs> James get done with his ass. My so God. that's why my nominee for the black woman of the year award, uh, Letitia James. Yeah. Okay. Jump. Jump. Before we make the decision, I think we probably gonna play rock paper scissors to figure this out. Um, <laughs> jump to the comments because we got some nominees over there. Let's see who else is thinking uh, one Black Woman of the Year uh, award. Nico said uh, Stacey Abrams. Always commendable. Um, Always commendable. Right. Right. I think we. I think we we gave it to Stacey Abrams a couple of years ago. I think. Maybe so. Uh, yeah, because she been Stacey Abrams been doing her thing for a while, uh, but she been losing though, and 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 it's. It's stressful because it's like the system is rigged against her. So yeah. it's like to say that Stacey Abrams is 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 losing is just like it's it's set up for, like she really don't stand a shot. But but I like me saying that she's been losing isn't is it to say that it's like what she does is isn't significant because it is. I'm a huge Stacey Abrams fan, but it's just like damn, we got to find some way to get her over the hump and, and not blame black men. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Numo, uh, Trevor said that uh, gotta add Kataji Brown Jackson. Kataji Brown Jackson, uh, it, it, she's she's dope as well. Um, and we'll we'll talk more about her in the show later. But um, mm -hmm. but but I think I, I give it to Letitia over Kataji Brown Jackson primarily because 
again, like she's like when it comes to like holding Trump accountable or him suffering any real consequences, mm-hmm. few people have been have put him in a position to do so. And like right now, she's on the precipice to hold him accountable for shit that he's been doing for years in ways that nobody else has been willing to do it. You know what I'm saying? And nobody else has been it, it been effective at doing it. And she about to do that. So absolutely. Um, how you want to decide this to you? Now, uh, keep the, I, I, our, our queen I want to make sure we shout out Sheryl Nifel, who uh, an American lawyer, law professor, and former president and direct counsel of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, was that president for a long period of time. And I'm I'm not overly familiar with her, but I do know uh, and have heard of the heard of her in some context. So he's giving me people to get familiar with. That way I can understand who's really out here being the uh, the, the backbone and a great contributor to what we're doing and how we're moving and grooving as a people. Um, rock, paper, scissors, best two out of three. Uh, rock, paper, scissors, and then shoot. Ready? Real quick. I do want to say this about Quinta. Her name is, yeah, Quinta Bronson, yes. Quinta. You know what was happening what before the show. You got it right. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, all right. Um, but what 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 I appreciate about her is that the the way that she's like depicting like inner city elementary school, like mm-hmm. I went to a school like Abbott Elementary, like small, you feel me? Like really, it, it, I, I I didn't have millennial teachers, of course. You know what I'm saying? Because you know that was us. We, we grew up into that. But right. the, that school reminds me, and I'm not even a big TV person. And like she get like her the the, the stuff that she makes can get me in front of a TV. So. Uh, shout out to her absolutely uh but so rock paper scissors two out of three right rock paper scissors shoot one two three rock rock paper scissors shoot i think the delay is gonna make this not work out yeah the two the COVID (laughs) of the year award are absolutely quinta brunson Brunson and letitia james they both win it there it is we love it they both win it quinta brunson hey and listen listen don't don't shoot people that call her Kinta. You feel me? Like so, like so, like some niggas just got accents and it is what it is. So, woman's name is Quinta. Shout, shout out to the uh to all the great black women doing things out here for black people. All right, yeah. get into the next award. Next award. Um, this one uh, we we gonna we really want your participation with because with this award we need help. This is the I just don't get it award. Mm-hmm. The I just don't get it award. The I, the I just don't get it award is framed around a co- a black cultural phenomenon that we're we're watching it play out. You seeing what's what's going down, and we don't mm-hmm. even get it. <laughs> we just yeah, don't we don't get, get the, we don't get the allure, we don't get the attraction, we don't get why this is a thing, but it's a thing, and so we we're gonna acknowledge the thing, but also the fact that we just we just don't get it. We just don't get it. Uh, Toya. Okay. Uh, we 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 kind of struggle, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people we try to respect people's lanes and what they do. I think some honorable mentions, I know some controversial people out here um in social media that have been around for a while, like Gorilla Boy, I think, or the gorilla guy that you know dances, the big black man that dances and eats watermelon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's yeah. been blowing up. The, the 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 timelines here recently in these last couple of weeks because people have just had enough. They're fed up. And some people, I think it was a not a real account that got suspended on TikTok, but then some people got suspended on TikTok and other people was like, well, damn, you know, we don't like him, but that don't mean you got to take away his livelihood. So it's been a lot of back and forth about the gorilla man 
If y'all know who I'm talking about, he's the big buff black dude, always dancing crazy in public places. He's been seen eating watermelons, which represents old school images of menstrual shows and different characters and figures. So a lot of people are bent out of shape about that. Then you also got the chicken boy. Did the chicken he eats chicken like woo 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 woo? He does a bunch of weird mannerisms in terms that of that one. I haven't seen. I haven't seen anything about the chicken around. Yeah. He getting his licks too. Now both of them have been out for a long time, and people are just like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but my winner. My our choice, and I think we finally agreed upon two choices that are just like, why is this ever on my timeline, and why do people care about this and give this energy and attention? Right. And that would be none other than Blueface and Krishan, right? Blueface and Krishan. Now, I don't get it, Go right? Bust down, Go Tatiana ahead. was a little ditty. I won't lie, you know what I'm saying? Like, woo, 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 bust down, Tatiana, the cute little dance. Like, I get it. Like, whatever. It was what it was. The man don't rap on beat. Um, but he is gang-affiliated, largely hated. Like, not at all. Like, he and, don't rap on beat at all. <laughs> you know, sure. And there's a whole generation of population of hip-hop fans who enjoy that shit. Not for me. So, the fact that they are both on my timelines incessantly i'm talking about i don't follow a thing that they do i don't follow a page no. that they have i don't follow anything but they are always somewhere right that and, and i can see them it's just like it's overwhelming and the reason why is that one of two things is true either weird because they didn't got a show on zeus i didn't watch clips of him uh blue face fight krishan daddy and all types of just things that i should have never her daddy. seen her daddy. Come on, i'm talking about came to fist the cups honey fought fought um and I mean, it's just the, bro- it's, the brother. It's, like, it's the, the social media beef between the brother and and them. Listen, it's, it, it's so it's, it's, you, before you get to your take because you have a really you have a really good question that you want to yeah. ask. You have a really good clip. I, I just want to say this though. It, we have like celebrity culture has shifted to mm-hmm. where to where reality TV shapes scripted shit, right? Like. The the uh, we we I guess we could call it the nonfiction fiction, yeah, right? Because it's supposed to be real TV, but it's not real. Yeah, I mean, when we start seeing this type of shit, that's when we kind of got to draw the line. What end up happening is like the the more bullshit that we allow, the more nonsense that is just like, oh, okay, oh my god, this is crazy, y'all look, and we share it to say, y'all look, this is crazy. That's what give it the attention that we don't want to give it. Yeah. That's what we that's how we give it the platform. So our desire to be like, y'all, look at this wild shit and like putting it out there makes it to where that wild shit didn't come off as acceptable. And it's not that we're sharing it because we want because we think it's something that uh should represent us, but we're trying to show other people what's ridiculous. Yeah, but you know how you know what they say. All publicity is good publicity. Yeah, and it's working. I mean, I mean, you know, people get paid off of clicks, they get paid off of whatever they get paid off of views all of that shit is a money grab and so they have found a way to really stimulate our attention my question is this are we really into like are people really watching and keeping track of and like incessantly watching blueface and krishan like is that some shit y'all really into or because that's abuse like I, I forgot to use the domestic abuse word that phrase but they are just de facto standard fair domestic abuse and so my question is like is that really what y'all into? Or let me ask about this other theory. People say that, you know, like these are industry plants. 
They don't do nothing. They don't make no music. All they do is make Instagram stories and random ass posts and fights and shit. And now she's pregnant, but he done knocked her tooth out. She got the tattoo on her neck. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, are these just people here to distract us? Like, what? what how did we get here? I, right. Shout out to, I, hold on, real quick. I want. I'm, I'm live on the, the Chop Up Show page. Shout out to everybody right now in the comments. Uh, right above it said, you know, it's, it's basically saying we spitting facts, and that is really kind of hard to understand, you know, what it is, but they're not really into that, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm glad somebody's <laughs> like, that's not my cup of tea because that's not my cup of tea either. But, and, and I, I, I think, I think what happens is we think we look at industry plant as uh, somebody that's like, like that straight co intel pro, like I'm yeah. really a CIA agent, but I'm here, you know what I'm saying, to, to try to spew like nonsense. I'm, I'm acting, you know. No. Industry plant are the people who these industries have incentivized to act like this, and they said okay. Yeah. To me, the industry plant is the people that's like, we know. All right, they saying that if I if I get on here and I'm fighting girls and I'm cussing every girl out, you know what I'm saying? And I'm fighting men, I'm drunk and I'm throwing my body and we throwing drinks and it's violence and it's all of that, right? Like if we know that that get clicks in the world where clicks cut checks, yeah. Like, like I'll be that. It's 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 just rough, you know. We've seen, you know, the development of reality show culture, and now reality shows don't have to be. You don't have to get a contract at a at a at a, you know, on a station or with a with a company or whatever to be able to tell your story. Now you can just press live and do your own reality show, right? And people will tune in and they'll tap in. And every time somebody see you live, you know, they're they're willing to gravitate to that shit. And so I think the power that you have to make money. And to draw attention and to eventually get contracts with major studios like Zeus, right? And to eventually, you know, be seen as legitimate media is is frightening. You know what I'm saying? Because they beat each other up, right? And it, I don't, I, I know mutual abuse or the idea of mutual abuse is something that is uh, very much frowned upon in terms of domestic violence because you yes. know we're not thinking about or talking about power. So I don't want to go yes. down that path, right? I'm not saying mutual abuse. I'm saying they clobber the shit out of each other. Right, a couple of Instagram comments I want to get to. Uh, Lex Luxury Skin said, uh, I don't understand why she won't leave him. I think it's the trauma that's keeping her. It's like the black bad girls club, women are willing to do the most just for likes and views. Again, that kind of what what I just call trash TV, trash reality TV, where we we pay good money to see niggas fight each other. Like, as much as I'm into you know, and I used to be into like you know, the, the different real hip hop, loving hip hop Atlantas and the loving hip hop, like all the different shows. I really had to start looking away. Like it's really cringeworthy to watch niggas just every scene is a new scene where most of the, the commentary is bleeped out and niggas just throwing drinks and fighting each other. Like after a while, that's just not it no more. Right above it says, you know what? Well, I'm gonna read this last comment. Right above it says, I know because they know what sells and they try to panic or try to paint a false stigma of black relationships to the public, which is also, you know, I I, I I'm reluctant. To use agenda because I know there's no like not no piece of paper or bulletin board somewhere with like an itemized list of all the things to do to deteriorate and deplete the image of black people. But I do know that it is a tool and a common tactic for people to be able to say, look at them niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And use that as an excuse or a justification to be dismissive of real quality, meaningful, loving relationships. And so I mean that's unfortunate. But I, I just, when I look at Krishad and Blueface, it's, it's just like, I don't understand the appeal. I don't understand why they get the airtime they get. And I think it's a reflection of us and what we into yeah. and what we have to stop giving attention and energy to. So, 
No, I, and, and and again, we we have to frame the reframe what we understand as plants, right? It's like yes, we don't have to think that it like like these people are actual agents in order for them to produce the same outcomes that we assume and we say agents produce. Yeah, you know what I mean. They can be controlled opposition, right? They can be yeah, like at the same time. Like it's still there is a concerted effort, even if it's not written out in the manual to say destroy the image of black people. There's still a concerted effort to, to make money off that. So with that being said, uh moving on. Yeah. Let's get back to something a little bit more productive, uh, which I feel you know kind of flips the conversation. And I want to get to the more than the vibe award. More than the vibe, the more than the vibe award. The more than the vibe award is situated around music. Mm-hmm. What artist um, in the music industry uh, has had an impact on Black culture outside of just the music that they put out, like outside of just the bangers, outside of the jams, concerts, etc. Um, and it, we we probably we pretty much in agreement with the more than the vibe award, right? Absolutely, and I still I want to make sure we shout out Hope in the uh, in the in the chop up chat. Real quick on the IG, shout out to y'all. If y'all want to know, we on YouTube and we're on Instagram. I'm sorry, and Facebook Live right now. We're on YouTube Live and Facebook Live right now. So if you are on the IG, I'm actually about to close this thing in a minute after we talk about the More Than a Vibe Award, but y'all can catch the rest of it if y'all just go jump on right now. Just jump on YouTube or Facebook. So make sure y'all come check us out. But we're going to talk about this award. I do think we agree about the More Than a Vibe Award. And I think in ways that are both you know, material and also very interesting to watch and also sad, but I'm glad we were able to celebrate with her to watch. I think the More Than a Vibe Award goes to Megan the Stallion. And I'm going to tell you why. I think that her courage, I think that her optimism, I think her willingness to speak out and not let a narrative be twisted and tangled up without her being able to defend herself. I think her making herself vulnerable to the point where niggas start snitching on themselves. Drake, I ain't forgot about the bullshit, the lyrics you made. Right, I ain't forgot about the punchlines mm-hmm. niggas trying to come up with. And listen, feel how you want to feel about it. But Megan has forced a conversation about victim blaming in our community that has exposed a lot of niggas, exposed a lot of people, exposed a lot of women, and exposed a lot of kind of very problematic perception and views people have about when people come out to tell their story. Let's not forget that Megan took specific steps that night to try to protect Tory Lanez. Uh, and, and make sure that he wasn't treated any old particular way by the problematic ass police. And she got treated with dust. Her own friend, Kelsey, was a part of the campaign to make sure that her career wouldn't recover and that Tory Lanez was to be protected. And so I think, you know, Megan got us talking about abusive relationships, her situation and her keeping her head high has talked to, given us a great example of, you know, strength and perseverance and faith and knowing the truth is going to come out. And not being afraid to tell your truth in the face of niggas, men who are supposed to protect you, looking in your face and calling you a, a stone cold liar. Her being in the media every single day, every single shade room and academic post. It's a lot of people who showed their teeth on that woman in terrible ways. And I really just hate that she had to go through it the ways that she did. But I think she was a great example for how you put that shit on your back and you push through. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, I'm on Instagram. I follow Mega Stay and she doesn't post. She hasn't posted anything. She ain't been on social media. Her birthday, she's a February baby. So she was just out recently celebrating her birthday. Um, and so I saw pictures of that. But she been low. She been in the cuts. And a lot of people been saying, yo, we miss Meg. We miss her presence this and the other. But we really just yeah. hope she's healing. And so that's that's really my sense of hope is that she's been able to take some time to really sit back 
and, you know, recover from the way that the court of public opinion flogged her and shamed her and did her bad. But also, I mean, this woman got shot. But we can't forget that. Her feet was messed up. And we know the knees mm. is connected to the feet. You know, the ankle bone connected to the knee bone. Knee bone connected to the hip bone. So, yeah. you know, Megan to go and do all the things we know her to do, you know, we want her to be able to do that in, in great fashion, which means taking a sit back, a seat back and being able to, you know, bounce back and, and recover and heal. So, um, yeah. award goes to Megan Stallion and speak on it. No, I mean, it, it ain't, you pretty much put it, put it together pretty good. I mean, Ultimately, a lot of motherfuckers got. I don't even want to say exposed. I think they just got. I think they got proven to be hypocrites and liars. Really. I think the, a large part of the argument around domestic violence and when people when when misogynists attempt to play the victim and call mm. profanity and all that other shit, it stemmed from literally that man. When it, when women say anything, people believe them. But the loudest voices weren't from the supporters of Meg Thee Stallion. It was the the people that was calling her a liar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, when we know she got shot in the foot. When we like, I mean, there's evidence that the police was there, right? They they came because gu- guns were fired, mm-hmm. right? Somebody was injured from the whole ordeal, and like niggas that look at all this evidence, and you got somebody as influential, especially on on the minds of of young hip hop fans, right? Like just straight up pushing this narrative around, like Meg is a liar. Yeah, you know I mean, and and what I think what it displayed is that, it, I, and what I hope it displayed was that even even in instances where there's this narrative that that the victim should be blamed that, that yeah. somebody's lying that they manipulate in the system that there that there is a reason and a purpose behind pursuing and pushing back against that right like like ultimately those voices may be loud but it, it, as long as we keep fighting and and really making sure that like people get they just do you know what i'm saying like i i i i, I have to reckon with like the whole question of i'm against the police but when you got mm-hmm. a nigga putting his hands on a woman like what bro like yeah, you got to deal with what's coming to you. You feel me? Like you, you can't play that black man victim card with me. Like yeah. Tory, like it, like when Tory Lane's father came out the uh the the courtroom talking about this is the greatest injustice ever. Like my, you you got to be Canadian, my nigga. <laughs> like this ain't nothing close to an injustice, bro. Yeah, bro. this is niggas putting themselves in stupid situations and and and, and paying the piper. So. You know, well, I, I uh, Lex Luxury Skin said her website is also really good. They give a lot of information about domestic violence, self love, and more. And apparently, it's called Bad Bitches Have Bad Days Too, which is a fact. I can attest to that. Um, I've lived it myself. So go ahead and check out Bad Bitches <laughs> Have Bad Days Too. Um, and we'll go ahead and yes, tap so. in with that. Now, if y'all just tap in on the IG, I need y'all to do me a favor and jump over to the YouTube. we on YouTube Live right now. We're on Facebook Live right now. I'm about to shut this down. But I appreciate y'all for tapping in. I just want to give y'all a little tasty. I know where to go every Thursday night from 7.30 PST or 9.30 CST, right, until we decide to get done. So now you know what to do every Thursday. But go ahead and meet me over here on the, on the shop of the hey. I'll shut this down. And if y'all, if y'all on here on, on the uh, YouTube and y'all ain't subscribed to the Instagram yet or follow us on Instagram yet, follow us at the yeah, shop right. show. Get it together. On Instagram. Well, um, yeah. Get on Instagram and look for I'm sorry, get on YouTube right now and just look for the Chapel Show. We right there, it's easy to find. Just type up the Chapel Show, we'll pop up live right there for you. Bye, Instagram. Peace. All right. So the next award for the night is the We Love You But Award. Yeah. We love you, but so if y'all haven't noticed, we try to keep it balanced, right? It's some shit that we need to recognize. It's a part of black people, black culture that we need to call out. In order for, because this is the history, so we got we got to be on the right part of history. We're calling out certain things. We black people, we love y'all, but we calling out certain things. 
Toya, would you mind explaining the We Love You But Award to the people? We Love You But means, you know, you're doing some great and amazing things. Uh, we appreciate you, what you contribute to the culture, maybe some of the skills and the talents that you share with us. However, oh my God, however, it's some shit we just can't get with. And we would like for you to go ahead and take a step back and look at yourself and maybe readjust, you know, so we love you, but this is not some shit we can rock with. Now, um, you know, a couple of nominees before you actually drop who wins this award that I was kind of thinking about is, you know, I, I still think we're trying to figure out what, we, what, what we're doing with, with Kyrie. You know, I think there's a level. Kyrie is of, my guy. You know, I mean, and I don't, I can't stand him from a Celtic perspective, but people are trying to find compassion for a black man who deserves the right to stand on what he believes, even outside of anti-Semitic shit. Right. And have some of the grievances that he has and to participate in the NBA like a business. Right. Is he, he, he wants to exercise his ability. You know, he was recently released from uh, the Nets. He's now a Dallas Maverick. He requested traded. Trade. He, he was traded. traded. He was traded. Yes. Spencer um, Dinwiddie. <laughs> for Spencer, um, who came from, he was already up in Brooklyn, so he went back. But in doing this, you know, he's been seen as kind of a martyr in a lot of ways. Somebody who has had to fall on the sword for the right of black men to go into spaces and places and make sure their culture, their identity, their politics are represented, and they get to treat shit like a job and not too much more than that, right? So I don't know. I'm interested in on the fringes of these conversations. I really don't got a lot of love for Ky- uh, for Kyrie, but he's somebody who is a, is a complicated uh, mixed bag of nuts, if you will. And so we're trying to see what we do with him. But outside of that honorable mention, shout out to y'all in the comments, Ali, uh, Leslie, Trevor was good with it. Robert, y'all definitely are being amazing. Uh, Miss My Asia, I seen you tapping in with us. Plug, who wins the We Love You But Award for this year? Man, I'm gonna have to go ahead and give it to the boy Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Yeah, Let's talk about for the Nick fourth Cannon. annual for the fourth annual Carter G. Woodson Black History Month Awards presented by the Chop Up Show. Thank y'all for joining us again. Absolutely. Nick Cannon wins the We Love You But Black History Month Award. This is why we can we, we can speak on, on the kids, which I'm sure you know Toya, you you can, you can speak on the kids. I want to speak on I want to speak on the fake pro black shit. Okay. Can we do it? What yes. happened to the Dr. Sebi talk? What happened to the conversations with Riza Islam? What happened to the conversations about white supremacy and the criminal justice system and the, pri- and the school to prison pipeline and the ways in which our religion has been whitewashed? And what, what happens to canon class? Yeah. What happened, bro? I, I, I was one of the niggas that was protect Nick Cannon. Because Nick Cannon, even if I didn't agree with doc, with all of the Dr. Sabi rhetoric and all of you know that propaganda, I still felt that what Nick Cannon was doing was bro, like he he wasn't a street nigga, he wasn't a hood nigga, he wasn't all of those things, but at the same mm-hmm. time, he's saying that as a as as somebody who's considered mainstream, who you don't get more mainstream than Nick Cannon, you feel me? But as somebody who was considered mainstream, and, and then to reach out and be like, I'm going to make these conversations that black people are having. I'm going to highlight them. I'm going to make them bigger. And then the mm-hmm. nigga to be like, and then after you lose your show, because you're talking about, you know, white, like, like calling people demons and you feel me? <laughs> you, you went, you went off the deep end, bro. Cause you was doing too much. Like, yeah, you, like we, we, we appreciated the level that you was at, but you was like, I want to go full head on and you suffered the consequences. 
And what happened is when you felt the consequences, you flinched. Mm-hmm. You flinched, Nick Cannon. You was on your black nationalist, you know what I'm saying, pro-black shit. And then they was like, all right, nigga, you did that shit too much now. There's no more wilding out. Now that shit gone. You flinched, mm-hmm. bro. And, th- and that's what we and that's what we as radical black thinkers constantly have to deal with is when we when we see people that we think exist in the mainstream highlighting the conversations that we haven't when they got to suffer the consequences and and really show why that shit is considered radical that this is considered mainstream mm-hmm. they always go back to the mainstream and then abandon all them all those radical black thoughts that they spurred up that they got all that credibility from so we love you, bro. I appreciate what you did. And I appreciate what you, you know what I'm saying, what you was trying to do. But nah, like you flinched, bro. And, and one, one day, one day I'll get, we'll get deeper into that. You know what we mean when we talk about flinching. You know what I mean? But absolutely. But yeah, well, go ahead. Please. I'll do the top level easy analysis on him. <laughs> a delinquent father. Um, I literally think <laughs> on a different mothers of his 12 children have made public comments about his inability to kind of be there to support. I think Mar- Mariah Carey did. I forget about one of the other ones who also made comments about his kind of lack of a presence and some of the influence that it's had. And so it proved a lot of people right who was just like, we don't care how much money you have from Wild and Out and from America's Got Talent and from Drumline and from your music career. We don't care how much money that totals out to that you're able to, you know, spend on these kids. There's no way possible you can be a meaningful and impactful father when you live the life that you live in the way that you live it. And so I'm going to stand by that. I think his relationship toward, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Some people say because he has lupus, he's having these kids in order to like, you know, leave his, you know, self on earth or that and and prep pieces of him in a lot of different ways still here on earth in case he dies a lot of other people say because lupus uh is a an autoimmune uh, disease that there's some relationship between having all these babies and being able to use some of their body uh functions and fluids and things and then there's just a lot of conversations about why he has all these kids and i just think he's bad at decision making i don't think that i care beyond the fact that i just think it's really stupid to to have a whole bunch of kids uh, with a whole bunch of people in a whole bunch of different households and pretend like that is a healthy or logical thing to do. Because what you end up with, here's what you end up with. A whole bunch of people without your money and without your resources and without your capacity following along with the playbook and thinking that that's a half-decent idea. So, yeah, not a vibe. We love you, but you can keep that. Uh, that goes to Nick Cannon. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, I mean, you can't put the kids back in. Once they out, once you once you bake that cake, that cake been baked. Um, so kids gonna be out here in the world. I just hope that you know, and it's not my business. I guess it kind of is, but it's kind of not. But I just hope you're a good daddy, and I hope you continue to do things, um, <laughs> right. you know, that, that uplift and push the culture in the right direction because you have had some opportunities and some great contributions to do some great things. So Nick Cannon is Nick Cannon. We love you, but uh, my boy. And the, and the, the last thing I quickly say about that is you got to make sure that like niggas can't just be like, well, he providing for him. He making sure that they that ain't enough. Like we know that that ain't enough. Like you gotta b- black men be there for your kids. Mm-hmm. Like just being like, well, I make sure that my kids get okay. Do they get your time? Period. And 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 this man is having these multiple kids with all these different women. Yes, the women are gonna be taken care of. The children are gonna be taken care of because Nick Cannon has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But emotionally, mentally, you know what I mean, I got one child. 
you feel me and just the the what it takes for that connection to nick cannon nick cannon don't hear that daddy daddy just every day like you know what i'm saying and and that means something though you know what i'm saying because especially as niggas who like nick cannon didn't grow up with his dad like that i ain't really grow up with a father like that like so yeah like yeah you're able to take care of him but just for them that be able to call your name and don't really want shit that's meaningful bro you know what i'm saying that's meaningful and to, and to deny your kids that just because you kind of sow your oats like that's that's irresponsible yeah um so yeah we love you bro but nah do better uh, moving on now, I think I, I think from here on out, it's all we are. It's, it's just all good vibes. Uh, it's just all good vibes. So let's. I want to do the uh, the rest in power award. The rest in power award, and it's it's difficult with this award because it's you know it's it's the people that we lost over the last year. Um, because we are talking about everything that happened over twenty twenty two. Yeah, we only twenty twenty three. Only been we only a month into two months into the game. Yeah, right. Uh, we lost Sydney Portier last year. Uh, and and I'm talking about OG in the game, like OG in the game. Uh, first black man to win the Oscar for what was the name of that movie? Because I know ain't none of y'all seen it, but it is what it is. Um, I forget the name of the movie that he won an Oscar for, but he was the first black man to win an Oscar. He was also known for a commercially successful movie about interracial relationships, uh, known as Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Sidney Poitier is recognized as the first black man to display. Uh, the image of a black man on the silver screen that wasn't based in a stereotype, that wasn't based in a uh, you know some caricature of blackness that's, that that Hollywood wants people to laugh at. And so, me personally, um, my first introduction to Sidney Poitier, which actually changed you know, like really how I like how I looked at literature uh, and got me in the theater, was Raising in the Sun, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. was it's you know you 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 look at it like a black tragedy, but like as I've grown. Uh, and and you know, experience more of the world. It's actually just kind of it's, it's more of a narrative that black people experience that, that that particular story. Lilies of the field. Thank you, Leslie yeah. Young. That's why I love I love Chop Nation because y'all are smart. Period. Like our our audience is smart. I mean, we, we could be what, like, go ahead. No, we could be like, what is it? What is it? If somebody <laughs> fill the gap every time, like it's, it's exactly. just a family situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I was gonna say about Sidney Poitier is just he's he's your fave's fave, right? So when you look at the careers of your uh, Denzel Washingtons, your Lawrence Fishburns, your uh, James Earl Joneses, a lot of them look back and point back to Sidney Poitier as being somebody who was hyper influential to their presence and their ability to uh, move and flow throughout this craft in the ways that they have. And I think Mahershala Ali is, uh, uh, Ali is somebody who also has accredited and had to Sydney Poitier. So, so many uh, uh, different figures, uh, both black men and then of course, women who have just grown in the craft and has appreciated the trailblazing of uh, a black man like Sydney Poitier, bohemian born, but American famous uh, actor uh, who has really done some amazing things and has been a part of a lot of big conversations about how we present ourselves on screen and get the credibility and the respect we res- deserve in that industry. So uh, rest in power, got to give our love to, got to give our respect to somebody we lost last year, the top of last year, Sidney Poitier. And, and remember, we complain about the images of Black people today. Mm-hmm. Like, Sidney Poitier was the first Black man to display Blackness in a way that, that wasn't shaped and created to fit a particular narrative to make it certain people feel comfortable mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like it, when we talk about first because because he got a lot of criticism over uh, him being in an interracial relationship and guess who's coming to dinner like displaying 
those politics and, and kind of like a lot of the first blacks that receive they get that pushback about being the acceptable acceptable negro you know what i mean yeah i mean it's also worth noting that that movie and that particular kind of parallel has been replicated a million times over right how many rom-coms mm-hmm. have we seen the most recent is the one with jonah hill and uh lauren london uh what is it called um, uh i ain't watched it <laughs> I forgot. I, I, I didn't intentionally fall asleep on it because it. There's been a lot of controversy and conversation about it. Um, Man, I don't but, know what you're talking about. You know, I think there was a Bernie Mac version of it with Ashton Kutcher in Ashton it. Ashton Kutcher, yeah. You know, and so a bunch of different examples of that particular prototype, and we've seen ways of making it into a comedy and making it uh, more socially adaptable and acceptable as our society has transformed itself to become more uh, engaging with interracial relationships. But it's worth right. uh, looking at. Uh, so Nico uh, yeah, with the that. Black History with the Black History trivia that matters. Yeah, <laughs> forty-eight. That was actually about to be my next point because he gets criticized for, for displaying one of the first interracial relationships in the Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. But we yeah. forget that he was the first Black man to a. Because then, because then Denzel get your hands. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that you don't get the Denzel get your hands off me without, without Sydney Poitier. Yeah, Slapping the white man, you you people. you people. Leslie Young you know, is on fire. Rob Robinson, <laughs> but Look, Leslie on fire. In our in our minds, while we on the go, that we don't necessarily always get a chance to prep. It's just like, oh yeah, about that. And so sometimes we blinking, but y'all never let us sink. You know, y'all never let us look, yeah. look wild out here. So shout out to y'all, Kimya. Thank you for pulling up on us tonight. We definitely appreciate you for that. Um, and yeah, Ali, that's what he was talking about. This joint with Lauren London. So y'all check it out. It's been a lot of social commentary about it, whether it's good, whether it's bad. One of the most interesting things about it is that in this particular movie, Lauren London and Jonah Hill don't kiss. The kiss that they do share is like CGI or whatever. So a lot of people are critical about that and wondering why they didn't kiss and this, this, and this. Um, but from what I saw, I laughed a couple times. Like it wasn't that bad. And it has Eddie Murphy in it. Mia Long is in it. I forgot who his parents are. And Louise Dreyfus, I think is her name. Um, Julie, Julie, yeah, Louise Dreyfus. I don't know. A popular, yeah. famous white woman is his mama, and I forgot her name. Um, but check it out. It's on YouTube. I'm um, sorry, it's on Netflix. And I know a lot of us might be canceling our subscriptions here soon. We won't go down that path. But catch it on Netflix while you can before they stop uh, password sharing, and we all have to cancel our subscriptions with them. Right. Coming soon. We'll talk about that later. Next topic. Next topic. The next category is the James Baldwin Award uh, to LGBTQ Excellence. The James Baldwin Award for LGBTQ Excellence. Um, for this award, uh, this is a, this is another unanimous one. Um, this one goes to Brittany Griner. The James Baldwin Award uh, for LGBTQ Excellence goes to Brittany Griner, and that's because the circumstances that she's endured. Um, her making it back home and getting her a new NBA contract um, as one of the OG vets, one of the uh, goats of the WNBA, getting that opportunity again uh, to be back on the court after being a Russian political prisoner. Let it be known, mm-hmm. Brittany Griner was not in prison for whatever they found her with. Brittany Griner was in jail because of the tension between the United States and Russia. And mm-hmm. so, um, you, what, what, uh, go ahead and you, you can speak on it first. Well, I mean, I think it's important to recognize that a lot of I think a lot of people were split. You know, I watch a lot of 
uh, sports commentary and listen to a lot of or follow a lot of sports blogs and um, tweet, uh, Twitter feeds and things like that, different Bleacher Report accounts, all different types of places I get a lot of my sports news from. And I feel like the sports community and the Black community were very, very split about um, her having the cannabis, having the THC. Some people were like, if you break a law, you know, you do the crime, you do the, tr- crime, do the time. I'm not really sensitive. I'm not worried about it. I don't really care. You know, she should have known what she was doing beforehand. We don't care about doctor's notes. We are, you know, very privileged as Americans and do what we want to. And so she played herself. And then there are other people who were just like, this is terrible. Of course, the different examples, if this was LeBron James, she would have never, he would have never been over there that long. He would have got his ass on the plane and got him back over here immediately. Right. A lot of issues with the amount of time it took, the lack of delicacy, the the fact that she was getting lost every other week in the system and people couldn't find her. There was a lot of criticism about it. But my take is, regardless of how you feel about the actual crime that she committed and having the the cannabis oil and the the vape pen or whatever is. And I'm going to be real frank about this. nigga. You can't survive in regular prison and probably not in no Russian prison either. So. She gets this award not because she was excused from uh, a crime that she actually did commit or whether or not she deserved sanctuary in the United States because, you know, we should have been treating her better and she should, it just should have been easier than that. No, she she wins this award because being in Russian, Russian prison is hard, right? I'm certain the mental Boy. weight, the social weight, being in a different place, in a different country, not speaking the language, you a, a six foot plus black woman who don't speak Russian, you look very masculine, right? This is a country that wasn't trying to rock with the pussy riot. So they're not really trying to hear nothing about no queer women and their freedom and what they need and their demands and their rights and shit like that. And so the fact that she was able to be returned to her family and to her wife, uh, she shout out to her for getting a one-year, signing a one-year contract with the Phoenix uh, Mercury. Uh, so she's going to be back on the court um, and a part of a great team that has a chan- chance to make a championship run. Like, I really feel like, you know, Feel how you want to feel about the, the crime she committed, but shout out to her for staying resilient, staying together, keeping her mental together, staying focused enough to find herself back. Uh, yeah, Robin, that's a lot. And I know you want to chime in on this. Uh, what about the trade we made with Russia? Do you all agree? How do we feel about the pieces that, in the way that the chips fell in terms of how we bartered that deal? So plug, political plug. Go ahead and speak and give some insight on how we feel about the trade. So the conversation around the trade was that... Uh, Brittany Griner was traded for a Russian's arms dealer. Um, the original uh, trade setup that they had was uh, they wanted Brittany Griner and Marine Paul Wheeling mm. um, as well, who was also a political prisoner in Russia. Uh, and that was a trade that the Russians declined. But they ended up doing a one-for-one trade, Brittany Griner, for the, uh, the Russian's arms dealer. Like, he, I mean, I, I'm t- and I'm talking about he's known, like, as, as help. Uh, you know, arming some of the most dangerous people. He's the dealer of death, the death dealer. <laughs> yeah, like the the yeah, he's armed some of the most dangerous hint, hint, brown people uh, <laughs> in the world. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- but my my response to that criticism is that one, Brittany Griner should have never been a bargaining piece in 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 United States geopolitics. Mm-hmm. She don't like she doesn't benefit from that interaction. The United States versus Russia doesn't do any like as as a uh, queer black woman, as a queer athletic black woman, right? As a queer masculine black woman, everything that she represents is you know it, it, you know the, the United States attempts to push back against. 
Yeah. Like Britney, Britney Griner and her image and who she is is, is is not something that's considered acceptable. When niggas is like they cool with gays, but Britney Griner is the butt, <laughs> right? You, you know what I'm saying? And so ultimately, it's like when when they're like, "Well, she Paul Wheeling should have been nah." Britney Griner should, as a black woman, the fact that they made the decision to free her, regardless of again the geopolitical implications, mm-hmm. that's the, the we as black people got to sit back and be like, "About freaking time, yeah." That ain't because it didn't benefit the United States as a whole to do that trade. Mm-hmm. We can question the, like, I mean, we there was still some interest convergence there, right? Like there, there's definitely a relationship that they're trying to mend. That they know that they this this is one of the few times that we've seen in history that the United States government is saying we're gonna choose the black person in this instance, right? Not the not the not the serviceman, not the soldier. White people, yeah, they they're gonna be mad about that, but that's black folk. That's a dub. That's something that's overall slept on. Like the their anger that they like, they let her out and they kept him in. You know, you say this, and I'm just like, I feel the frustration and understanding the objective version of me who who really tries to just understand the way people work and values and principles and ethics and morals that we have as a country, as a nation, whatever that means from moment to moment, gets the desire to want to pay back service people for the things that they've done. You have a Navy uh, uh, soldier who has been captured in Carlton and has become a political pine as well. But the more critical minded, more uh, left leaning uh, oriented individual who really understands my priorities recognizes that over my blackness, I'm not about to valorize or overvalue. Right. I'm going to equitably value, but not overvalue and overdetermine the worth of somebody who goes and participates in wars that this United States picks and creates and causes and probably shouldn't be a, a part of in the first place. Right. I don't know the particularities of his deployment, but I'm also not somebody who sits up here and, and wallows. And I think that was what was fake to me is like all of a sudden niggas were patriots. It felt like we needed to value the soldiers who defended our country. Like, how? And I get it. Black people, you know, black people have an interesting relationship with the military. I'm not going to undermine that. I know for a lot of ways and a lot of people that was your ability to get a leg up and upper mobility against the side. Right. So it's complicated. It's complicated. But I'm always no. going to the fact that I'm happy this black woman came home and you're not going to make me regret any of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Another right. thing Leslie brings know. up is when we look at why Brittany Browner was in Russia in the first place, she wasn't on vacation, maybe. There's a reason. The WNBA and women in general, their labor is undervalued. And so they have to go over more often, even though NBA, NBA players typically do as well, or I won't say typically, but also have to do to go iron. Why Howard is in China right now. Man. Killing it. Bro, killing bro, it. He bro, said bro. he was going to go kill it because he didn't get uh, uh, picked or traded to any teams out here. Um, and he went out there and did what he said he's going to do. But with Brittany Griner, she is one of many examples of why you have to go out and work yourself in this capitalist system to, to live a decent, to earn a decent wage equivalent to your level of stature. She's one of the WNBA's biggest talents, right? One of the most noticeable faces that you can see in the league all the way back to her Baylor days, right? So when you think about who she is and what she represents, it's really kind of troubling to know that this is what they have to do in the first place to, 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 to get amount of money that is associated or is equitable to the value that they give to the game. So, the uh, James Baldwin uh, award is probably given to Brittany Griner. Shout out to her for pushing through. We got a couple more awards we want to get to. Uh, Plug, what's the next one on the list? Uh, the next one on the list is uh, the Living Black History Award. Living right. Black History. 
and the Living Black History Award is set up for us to be able to recognize that every day that passed is our history. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we, we, you know, we shouldn't be looking back 50 years to talk about black history when we have people doing things that's that people are going to look back 50 years from saying that changed the game. Um, and so the Living Black History Award is dedicated to those who are changing black history today. And the winner of the Living Black History Award for the fourth annual Black History Month Awards, Carter G. Woodson, Black History Month Awards, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Easy. Um, Easy. It, the first black woman on the Supreme Court. Uh, and the reason why I, I, I thought that this was so important to recognize is that most often, especially with K- Kamala Harris, there was this conversation about um, black women being in office, but being, it was it was like tempered by this idea that it's more symbolic than it is productive. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you look at somebody like Kam- uh, uh, Kamala Harris, it's like, oh, it's not that she's about to change the game or change the world or do anything. It's, it's, it's the fact that she's there that's important. Mm-hmm. And even, like I've always argued that symbolism is definitely a good thing. Toyas agree with the significance of it, but also kind of felt like, ah, eh, we got we need to move past that, yeah. uh, which I agree with. Um, but I think with what happens with Katanji Brown Jackson is that with her being on the Supreme Court, that means that the the voice, the perspective, the understanding, the, the knowledge, experience. the experiences of a black woman will now dictate the ways in which the constitution is interpreted for those who don't know if you need a quick civic lesson the role of the supreme court is really just to decide whether or not something is constitutional it's, mm-hmm. its job is to interpret the supreme court um for the people and for the other two branches of government and so having a black woman on on, on that seat uh because somebody like uh, uh thurgood marshall who's the first black person ever on the Supreme Court was not mm-hmm. just symbolic. That man, that man changed the game. Uh, the, the 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 nigga that we hate the most, Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. not just symbolic. Decisions that he's been uh, on the majority side of has changed and shaped America. Yeah, some for the, not for, not for, for the better, for not yeah, <laughs> right, not for the better, really, in a lot of ways. But the fact that he's He's been a part of that. He's been a part of. I mean, I think now, for better or for worse, demonstration that blackness is not a monolith, right? Which Katanji Brown Jackson continues to enrich the perspective of, but he adds perspective that reminds us that our niggas ain't the same, and we cannot govern ourselves accordingly. That in order to really get and push the needle and be mindful of how we move and, and groove through different situations, through different eras, through different generations, through different political orientations or political moments and eras. We need to be mindful of how other niggas outside of our uh, our particular echo chamber exist mm-hmm. and the speaking points that they were going to take. It's other niggas in other spaces who are validating maybe some of the perspectives we don't agree with, and we need to be keen to how they move and how they think. So that's just giving more credence, not credibility, but I give more credence mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. impact and significance of uh, your boy Clarence Thomas the first. And- and that's and and as as somebody who uh and you know who enjoys legal writing and and appreciates that you know the archived information mm-hmm. uh, i'm interested in seeing what she has to provide right in terms of like the way that she interprets not just issues as it pertains to black just constitutional issues period Absolutely. but the one thing that the one thing that we know as black people that we can't separate ourselves from is how our experiences as black people shape the way that we view things like the constitution mm-hmm. um even though katanji brown jackson comes from a family of law enforcement like her, she has a father and an uncle in law enforcement she had another uncle who's locked up 
uh, for mm-hmm. victimless nonviolent crime, which kind of helps spur and spark that you know understanding both sides of the the legal field to get her to this position. So to be able to have a black woman um, occupy that role, um, and to and to see that you know, that perspective is being included uh, in in how the um, constitution is being interpreted is amazing. Anything else you want to add to you? Oh, I mean, you know, I think you said it all. I think, you know, whereas I think presidents and even, I mean, to an extent, object you want objective views of the law, but I think it's exciting to get, allow for her perspective to be valued so much that it is contextualized as a Black woman's lens or eyes or perspective on the law. Like, of course, her decision won't be couched in that, but to understand that, like you said, the way that she has filtered through these decisions through the perspective of the Constitution will be refined in a certain way to have to account for certain voices that she has already made it clear that she's indebted to, that she has worked to defend. And, you know, her confirmation here was proof that she is very mindful of the ways that systemic and structural violence has happened and exists to shape the world around us. And I say that because I think she has a little bit more flexibility to represent those ideals than a president, a black president, for example. Right. I think she gets to be the black woman social ju- uh, uh, Supreme Court justice, whereas Barack Obama couldn't be the black president. Right. And so it's, it's, it's some interesting overlaps there. Like you said, I'm interested and excited to read some of her decisions and ways that she thinks about things. Shout out to consciously in the chat. Uh, uh, we we are just really excited to see what she does and how she continues to shape uh, our relationship to the constitution, con- constitution as a nation, constantly revisiting what that what that document means to us. So, um, with that being said, um, we'll get to our last award for the night. We want to thank yeah. all of y'all for joining us. We got Conscious Lee in the chat. Uh, he should actually be a toy house soon. Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, so the last award that we go get to y'all, and, and again, shout out to Kataji Brothers Jackson, black women. Thank y'all for what y'all like. like y'all been the most e- like the reports that came out. Y'all the most educated, you feel me? Y'all the most effective, smartest people in the rooms, you feel me? Holding white supremacy accountable in the forms of Donald Trump, looking yeah. uh. People like we finally got a balanced Clarence Thomas in terms of black people. You feel me on the Supreme Court? Like, yes, thank sir. you. You feel me? Like, thank you. Uh, but with that being said, let's, we're, we're gonna get into the last category. And, and, and it wouldn't be real if two Kansas City folk, come on, two Kansas yeah. City folk weren't That's able all. to represent for for our, for one of our own. Yeah, you know I mean, even though he's from Texas, he ours now. And this is the Kobe Bryant Award. The Kobe Bryant Award for the fourth annual Carter G. Woodson uh, Black History Month Award mm-hmm. goes to none other than the future GOAT, greatest of all time, quarterback Patrick Mahomes. The Kobe <laughs> Bryant Award goes to Patrick Mahomes. Now, uh, yeah. before we just before we get into the, the football standing, what Patrick Mahomes has been doing in Kansas City, like we both, we both from Kansas City, we like we both from when we say we from Kansas City, we from the heart of it. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Patrick Mahomes has made it an a, a effort to make sure that his presence in Kansas City impacts the communities in Kansas City. Uh, yeah. What he's what he, what he has uh, started is what's known as the Fifteen and the Homies Foundation. 15 yeah. in the homies foundation. And it's telling um, me back and I'm about to go unlock my door real quick. Uh, okay, yeah, she's about to go get Lee. Uh, but with the 15 in the homies foundation, 
it is a nonprofit that Patrick Mahomes started to make sure that not that he just focused on one particular uh, individual um, issue in Kansas City, but making sure that people who are already doing things in Kansas City are getting the proper funding, are getting the proper resources to do what it is that they does. For first off, uh, the first program that he has for the fifteen and homies is the Read for Fifteen program. Yes, uh, where Read for 15 is a program to encourage children to develop a love for reading. Children and their parents can take the Read for 15 pledge for a chance to win prizes and be a part of a 15-week program. This is what I think the dope is, is what he has is the 15 for 15 program, which is the foundation signature program, which supports 15 youth charitable initiatives that focus on academics, science, mm-hmm. the arts, classroom supplies, athletics, children with disabilities, after-school programs, and more. So they find 15 programs in the United States that are dedicated to uh, the children of Kansas City, and they make sure that they provide, they give them the resources, grants, and funding to make sure that those programs are successful. And then they have the Volunteer for 15 um, uh, program, which is a partnership between the 15 and the homies and the Youth Volunteer uh, Corps to encourage uh, the, the youth and young adults in Kansas City to volunteer and take part in the different Leslie, programs. Don't, don't leave us. Leslie said, I'm tapping out. I'm from Philly. Listen, you got to hey. love him. You got to love, love the man. You got to, we telling you why you got to love this man. So yeah. don't leave just yet. And so, and so what, what the Volunteer for 15 program does is it encourages uh, uh, youth in Kansas City between the ages of 11 to 18 to do at least 15 hours of volunteer work for the summer. 15. And see, and y'all got to understand these programs, what make it so significant is not just that it's another athlete that's, you know, that's, you know, just putting money in the community. Patrick Mahomes is one of the biggest athletes in the world right now. Yeah. Kansas city is not a, it, 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 in terms of like world-class cities ain't up there like that. Yeah, I mean, we don't get that type of attention. We don't get that type of resources. I mean, it's things the narrative is changing, but for right now, we underrated. No, I know. I mean, but and, and that's a part of it, though. Like, the Chiefs being who they are and providing with... <laughs> yeah, the, the, they was fucking on that Philly pack, but the Chiefs being who they are and providing with they are... And, and Patrick Mahomes providing and doing what, he, what he's doing for Kansas City is huge, and we definitely appreciate that work. Being people who come from Kansas... Toya went to Lincoln, so she went to the good school. I went to the school that could use the 15 and the, and the Mahomes. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Matter of fact, I, did they have they closed Central down yet? I don't even think my school, the school I graduated it's from. It's no longer open to certain students. The school I graduated from is no longer in existence. Yeah. So the more money we can get for black kids in Kansas City, man, please. Like, thank you, Patrick. Mahomes, I want to. He unveiled um, a park. Tell me if you know the park I'm talking about. It's on Brush Creek. It's right by Pacell. And it's Martin Luther King Park. Um. It is an old dilapidated. It was where a bunch of tennis courts were. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like where Brush mm-hmm. Creek is. Uh, yeah. Unveiled a new park, whole new uh, system structure out there to play on and to swing on. I got a chance to visit it, and I love it. Um, I want to, as we close out this show and we talk about Patrick Mahomes, get some niggas together real quick. Uh, because, you know, the the narrative around the Super Bowl, we know that Patrick Mahomes, I mentioned this at the top of the last show, is a two-time uh, NFL MVP. He is a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He's also a two-time Super Bowl champion. And so when we check the resume, we know that this is a bad black man doing beautiful black things and uh, the sometimes anti-black NFL, which is beautiful in and of itself. But that particular Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, was championed as the first Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks. 
And that's what it was. Uh, this is the Black History <laughs> Award, so that's the reason why we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. But of course, in, in all the ways that are toxic and problematic, we had uh, the, the super skeptical niggas who had to jump in and be like, well, Patrick Mahomes isn't black because he only has black and he got a white wife and he got these white ass kids and this, this and that, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and he's diluting the bloodline and all this weird shit. And I need for y'all to A, recognize right, the complex orientation and relationship we have toward Blackness and the agency and autonomy people have, especially if they got at least one Black grandparent to have some stake in the conversation about how they understand and identify their Blackness. I've never seen Patrick Mahomes deny that he was a Black man. I've only seen him embrace his Black identity and talk about himself in terms of especially the Black social issues that happened. That man was loud and he was speaking boldly during George Floyd, right? He wasn't missing or behind or out of the way. He doesn't hide his father who is Apparently from Brian, Texas, I didn't know that, but is a former yeah. ML <laughs> Hall of Fame. Shout out to G. Lee. Right. Yeah. Pat Mahomes Sr., who has done beautiful and, and amazing things in the, in the MLB. And so that is a black man. Stop trying to underscore and take away and deny and dim his light for the sake of another black man. Jalen Hurts gonna get his shine. Jalen Hurts is represented by uh you know great management he has a beautiful girlfriend he's living uh, a beautiful start to his nfl career he's gonna get all the accolades he's going to in, t- in, in addition to the ones he got all people talked mm-hmm. about was praising his effort and the work he did in that super bowl and have given an him amazing job that man did an amazing job so, so let him stand on that by himself he is a strong powerful black man and so is patrick mahomes patrick l mahomes number two that's a badass black man and y'all will respect him as such his middle his, his middle initial is F. No, it ain't. Patrick fucking Mahomes. Yes, it is. <laughs> right. Let's get it right. The last Listen. thing I'll say on this before we before Take we close right. out this fourth annual Carter G. Woodson Black History Month Awards is when it comes to blackness, we gotta understand that shit is it's it's not this blood thing to where yeah. you like you got half black blood, so he gained fully black. It don't work like that. Blackness don't work like that. The last thing black people need to do is adhere themselves to some type of blood quantum, you know what I'm saying? Some type of genetic yeah. uh, uh, purity. Right, with some type of racial purity. It don't exist, right? What what makes blackness what it is is the, the multiplicity, the multifaceted nature, you know what I'm saying, that goes into creating what blackness is. You know what I'm saying? And that, yeah. that man, that man feels, the because of his father, feels the reverberation of Chattel, uh, chattel slavery. When he came in the NFL and people questioned his decision making, they didn't question his decision making because of what he did on the field because he actually balled. I remember mm-hmm. when he played against Oklahoma, uh, he, he he dueled uh, uh, at Texas Tech, he dueled OU and uh, uh, what's the, the uh, in, in LA, the white boy. Uh, USC? My boy, nah. The uh, what's the quarterback name for that? that quarterback? Baker Mayfield. Baker he went Mayfield. up against Baker Mayfield and he outdueled Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield was the number one draft that year, right? So th- don't get it twisted. You feel me? That man feels the reverberation when they when they thought that he couldn't be a good decision maker. When they said that he, they didn't think he was that smart, he was a bad decision. He was gonna be a project. G Lee, what up with your boy? I was supposed to get here earlier. Shout out to Delta Airlines. Y'all really trash today. Oh my God. I'm, 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 I ain't gonna... It's the weather. It's I got a Delta flight tomorrow. I got a Delta flight earlier. tomorrow. It's just the really the, the, the storms that are coming into LA County that ain't never been here before. It's ridiculous, right? So fresh twist over hey, here. Man, we're trying to keep up. Hey, my brother here, let's go ahead and put a pin in this. 
Um, it's been a wonderful Black History Month award. Shout out to Pat Mahomes. Y'all already know what we love and who we love over here at the Chop Up Show. If y'all joined in late, because the numbers kind of spiked a little bit late, y'all need to go watch the whole show. Y'all need to be yeah, in the sure. comments wherever you see it, making sure that y'all, if y'all disagree with our takes, if y'all disagree, hit a love, hit a like too. I definitely appreciate whoever just dropped a love. Drop a love, drop a like, drop a follow. Um, <clears throat> keep track of what we got going on here with the Chop Up Show. Consciously then dropped in here. I'm excited to have my brother around, man. But more importantly, I'm excited to spend this Thursday night with y'all. So it's been a great reward awards to me. Leave comments on our YouTube. Leave comments on our Apple podcast if that's where you're listening. Whatever y'all doing, just make sure y'all stay tapped in with the show because we got a beautiful march ahead of us. Um, plug. What's your final words before we get up out of here? Um, so real quick before we go, uh, I I, I definitely want to um, point out I had a loss in my family more recently. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's best friend, who is like an aunt to me, her kids is like my cousins. Like when we talk about that black cousin relationship, like the, her kids is is like cousins, brothers and sisters. Um, she lost her life. Vanessa Chapman lost her life to metastatic breast cancer um, this past Saturday. Uh, like she was a big part of my upbringing and my family. And uh, I, this is my first time losing somebody this close to me to cancer um and so it's 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 really i'm going to kansas city this weekend for the funeral um yeah. and cancer is it's, it's no joke man it, it ain't no joke and you know uh my mother was there taking care of her for a lot of her a lot of her time um her son is actually locked up right now so shout out to my my nigga you know what i mean uh, he going through it you feel me um and you know what i'm saying i just i just want to you know y'all pray for you know they, they family um and everything that you know, that they're going through uh so you know it's, it's it's crazy to even think about being like in prison and losing your mother um mm. and my my people going through that right now so just you know what i'm saying like you know blessings up prayers up you know what i mean and, and you know thank her for everything that she contributed to my life vanessa i love you um and yeah we out hey real quick before you push that button uh trevor miss my age with rob leslie nico uh Kimya, listen, y'all kept the conversation alive in here. Rob, I think I said Rob's name already. I said it twice, though, because I got big love for y'all. Sending condolences and our thoughts and prayers with the plug. Traveling grace and mercy, getting there and getting back. Um, and shout out to Leslie for hitting that subscribe button. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing. Um, and we appreciate y'all rocking with us and celebrating with us until next Thursday. Y'all be good. Be safe. Be careful out there. Y'all stay warm and still a little bit frigid out there in some places. But more than anything, y'all stay connected, stay tapped in. We'll see y'all later. It's a chocolate show. Peace.